Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on our Sunday morning tradition as it continues into the ninth season going on many, many, many episodes this season. And we are in the NFL Week 16. A lot of games going on that are, frankly, Confusing. I could kick myself. I almost went Baltimore last night. Almost, almost just didn't pull the trigger as those Chargers, good football team, but uh, dropped the ball yesterday. And not only that, left the door wide open for Kansas City to take over the AFC West. And kind of put them in a pretty good spot to go ahead and get end up with the wild card. So my prediction of the Chargers winning the division, eh, don't look very good. But that's okay. They're a pretty good football team because who in their right mind thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would be as good as they are? We, we talked about it many months ago when we were doing our predictions. We thought Kansas City was going to be good. We thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be a pretty good ball player. But guess what? He turned out to be damn good. So now all he has to do, and I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes, is get over the second year in that sophomore slump, which is how every quarterback in the NFL uh, with uh, less than four years are very much graded on. Hell, all you got to do is ask Dak Prescott right here in the Dallas area how people think about him and what they look at when they're so blinded by what the Cowboys quote-unquote success. And I use quote-unquote very, uh, whatever you want to call success. See, if you want to live back in the early 90s when the Dallas Cowboys were actually good and Jimmy Johnson took them over, go ahead and live back there. But you're talking about a football team is lucky to be 500 ever since. And let me repeat that, ever since. We're talking over 20 years that Dallas Cowboys have been that mediocre football team that everybody just loves all over this country, and they call them the America's team. No, mark that. They call themselves the American team. by They trademark that uh, situation. Um, but really, in reality, we all know who America's team is. And, well, it could be two teams in reality. The one that has the most Super Bowl rings being the Pittsburgh Steelers and or Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately here, especially for my locals, they, they are not America's team anymore. Now, with the Patriots not playing very well lately, especially on the road, they're pretty damn good at home, but... Um, That might have slipped a little bit, but we all know who Tom Brady is. We all know who Tom Brady is. And if you don't, 
Just look on his hand, okay, and see all that those rings right there on his hand, okay? That's who Tom Brady is. He's the baddest man on the planet, and I, and I'm and the reason why I'm recuperating some of these things because there's been a lot of bad things say that Aaron Rodgers is the baddest man on the planet, and he's just not. Not until Tom Brady goes away, and and listen, and not as long as Tom Brady is in the playoffs. Okay. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, you're not in the playoffs, so you're farthest from the baddest man on the planet. And I only hear this, oh, they got this, you know, easy schedule crap. Hey, listen, not only do they beat them, they beat the hell out of them. So, you know, it, you know, Green Bay has to depend on Aaron Rodgers' arm at the end. Now, granted, they depend on Tom Brady at the end. But when they're going down the field to try to either tie or win the game, listen, I got more confidence in Tom Brady than I do in Aaron Rodgers. And listen, Aaron Rodgers is a badass. But he's not the baddest. He's not the baddest man on the planet. That still is reserved for Tom Brady. And, yes, you can say, Sonny, you're living in the, the heyday. Listen, until that guy's not in the playoffs on a consistent level, he's the baddest man on the planet. Bar none, period, you're wrong. But that that's another day. Last night, yesterday, two games out on the slate. Those two games initially, you know, made me angry because I missed both of them. And the main reason why I missed both of them is because I wanted to write a story. And that story is, who are the Dallas Cowboys? Do the Dallas Cowboys do anything different to make you feel different about them? The answer, at least from this guy, is no. So what is a classic thing that happens is the Washington Redskins wins yesterday, puts the pressure on the Dallas Cowboys today, even more than it really is because you still got Philadelphia right there uh, doing what they're doing. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. Just go to the standings in the NFC East. And you realize how important today's game is for the Dallas Cowboys. And the question also has got to be is, will they blow it? And the Dallas Cowboys know how to blow a lead. They know how to blow uh, a, you know, the standings lead. They know how to do it all because guess what? That's just who they are. And until they change that, I've written the book. They're not going to make the – they're not going to win the NFC East, okay? And the reason being is they don't know how to do it. You know, yeah, a couple of years ago with that, wonderful. But, you know, take away from that, they just don't know how to do it. I think 2005 was good for them, something like that. I, I can't remember that actually, but it, it's irrelevant. The Dallas Cowboys write their own story. The Dallas Cowboys can't live up to the success that they are in the fans' minds. They can't live up to it. This is called pressure time. It, this is December. The all-important month, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a Dallas Cowboys team that can't stay out of its own way. 
They get too excited over wins, by the way, which were under subpar. They had one good victory, and that was against the – take away from that. The other four, they were crap victories, and then they turned around and laid the egg last week, which was no surprise to me. I sure didn't pick them. And not only that, I don't even care what it is. And I'll give you my prediction. They're not going to win today because they don't know how to win this game. This game right here against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team that really does not carry the jack of the athletes that are on this football team, but yet they won't get the job done today because why? That's the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys, if they can ever get out of their own way, if they can ever get over their own ego, except for Dak because he's about the coolest one that's on that team and you should be lucky that you got him instead of criticizing the kid every time you get the opportunity to do so. Remember, he was a big part of the five-game winning streak if you just don't – if you forgot. But, yeah. A game like last week, they're not supposed to lose that game, but yet they did. In Indy, not only did they get beat, guys, they got blanked. Now, you can put that on Dak Prescott all day long. Wonderful. But that's the eight traditional Dallas Cowboys. And frankly, I don't even put that on Dak. I mean, come on, can you call an offensive play that is not so predictable? I mean, please, Scott Linehan, can you please call an original play at a good time instead of being so predictable? And the Dallas Cowboys, they lose if they don't win this division. Okay, I want you to I want you to listen to who they're dealing with. They're, they if they lose this division, they're still dealing with Washington. They're still dealing with Minnesota. They're still dealing with the Seattle Seahawks. And guys, they can fall out of the playoffs completely if they lose both of those games. Seattle right now, Seattle has got a better opportunity to make the playoffs than the Dallas Cowboys, not by the numbers, but just by common sense. And if you want to – and here's one thing I'll just tell you straight out, especially Dallas Cowboy fans. If you think that this game is a roll over Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, you're, you're absolutely wrong. If this is weak. 12 or 13, I'm all over the Dallas Cowboys on this game. But the pressure, this team doesn't know how to deal with the pressure. This team doesn't know how to win the big game because that would have happened last week. You've got to win the big games, and they don't know how to do it. Now, whose fault is that you can blame anybody? And frankly, you have a right to blame anybody in this case. But this all comes down to the coaching. I've been talking about it for many years. And the, you know, old, you know, happy clapping, the pat on the butt head coach that Jason Garrett is. I see how some of that works for today's player, but you also got to not just pat them on the ass. You got to grab them by the ass when they do stupid stuff out on the field. 
and this defense is overrated. Yeah, I said it. They are overrated. Because if they were so damn great, they wouldn't be barely hanging on to their playoff lives. Now, if they beat Tampa Bay, I will sit and listen to all the greatness because you'll think that you won the Super Bowl and everything else. I'll listen to it again. But, you know, they don't know how to win this game. We'll talk about that a little bit later on with Cuervo. They don't know how to win this game, guys. They just don't. And when, and here's the thing. The Dallas Cowboys, they're a good football team, guys. I picked them to win this division. They're going to blow it. But, and the reason why they're going to blow it is because I picked them. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry about that, Dallas Cowboy fans. But it, this is just what they do. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is a good football team. And those linebackers, those linebackers are A number one. Sean Lee and the young bunch that's there, they're, they're A number one. The rest of it, they need some work, especially deep in the secondary. And I said it, and um, I got to just put it out there, guys. And by the way, I wasn't wrong when I said it. So let me let me first preface what I'm going to say about more Dallas Cowboy talk here. This is a very simple situation with the Dallas Cowboys. And, and I've, 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 we've talked about it on this show. You can ask Cuervo. We've talked about a lot of things as far as who's good, who's bad, why are they good, why are they bad. But, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I hit the nail on the head many years ago for this football – not many, but just a couple of years back – about what the problem is with this football team. And here's the thing. I love being right when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. Listen. I love me some being right about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm so good at it. But that just goes to show how predictable they are because if they weren't, I wouldn't be so great at predicting about how bad they are at times. But when you – the problem with the Dallas Cowboys when they win a game and that marquee game, I got to give them credit, and I will. I'm going to give them credit where credit is due. When they beat the thing, I'm going to tell you right now, that was that marquee quality game that they don't know how to win. They got over that hump. Then they got over the next week as well. And I'm talking about getting over the hump there, winning a game right after getting that marquee game, and that happened in Philadelphia. Congratulations. That is a hump that's hard for this football team to get over. But then it's after that. Can they grab a team by the throat and and choke them out? Can they do it? Of course not. And then all the words is that sucks and everything. I say, hey, 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 guys, be, again, be happy you got him. Fourth-round draft pick, you're lucky he's as good as he is. But when you think about it, okay, does the Dallas Cowboys need to fire Jason Garrett? Absolutely. And, by the way, as a little addition to my Facebook page, if they lose out the rest of the way, they need to fire him, and then they have to fire him. But as of right now, if they make the playoffs, they can't fire Jason Garrett. 
And not only that, they love him. But if you look about it, if you think about what's going on, everybody has been pointing to Dak Prescott. Guys, you got to understand, going back again, fourth-round draft pick. And, and all this crap about Dak Prescott you know, only being good because Tony Romo was in his ear. Listen, guys, you don't have a clue. That was not because of Tony Romo. It just wasn't. It was because they had a healthy offensive line, and they were playing for a guy that they could depend on that was different than than Tony Romo, and Tony Romo not getting the job, so there was more of an anointing of greatness for Dak Prescott, and you saw that, and they had the all-important, most important position out on the field after you get your quarterback is an offensive line that was healthy. Since that season, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line has not been healthy. It's been a problem for them. And so my question to Dallas Cowboys fans is that why do you always consistently lean on the fact that it was Michael, it was Emmett, it was Troy of their success? Listen, Michael, Emmett, and Troy wouldn't have been successful without what? An offensive line. This football team, there are certain football teams that are based on whether or not they're going to be good. And when they're good, it's because of a certain thing. In the Dallas Cowboys way, it's the offensive line. Everything else plays out. Everything else works. And there's a couple of things you can look at other players. I'm not going to roll through the stories, but look at those players. Look at those teams. How well they play is usually one reason why. When the Dallas Cowboys stopped drafting uh, linemen in the first round, last one was Frederick, which was a good one, what has happened is, is that they have not retooled, they have not regunned, they have not reloaded, and guess what? They have injury problems on what? The offensive line. This should be no surprise. When the Dallas Cowboys have a healthy and young, upcoming, and guy that can be, guys that can be plugged in that are not retreads or anything else like that, They're damn good on that offensive line, and guess what? All of a sudden, they have success. Now, you have to have the talent, such as the Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, all these guys, Irvin, and you got to have that talent, but it just really intensifies that talent when you have the most important portion out on the football field besides your quarterback, and that's your offensive line. Give me an offensive lineman before a wide receiver. We can make a wide receiver. You can't build an offensive lineman, period. When the O-line is not good or healthy, they don't have what it takes to get up and over that hump. And they look great on paper, but it's not good when you – being good on paper is not being elite. And that is young, and that is big, and that is talented, and that is the talented being the most important part of it. And where do you get those? You get the elite, talented offensive linemen in the first round, top first pick. And they haven't done it. 
They, they, they refuse to get away from it or refuse to even start it, and that's where everything else is. So I'm, I, you know, do I feel, do I feel bad? I don't know, but I'm telling you right now. As soon as the Dallas Cowboys get their heads out of their asses and start grabbing up offensive linemen next, in this draft, if they don't go offensive linemen, they are not watching their own damn team. Dallas Cowboy fans, don't go for the defense. Don't go for the big wide receiver. Don't go for anything. Get those guys that get dirty, and you get that offensive lineman, and then you'll have a Dallas Cowboys of the 90s. But with the retreads and the guys that are hurting, you don't keep continually drafting those offensive linemen. Expect your team to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Guess what? They'll be 8-8 eight and eight by the end of the day. And I got news for you, Dallas Cowboys fans. You're going to cry a tear in your beard because this football team doesn't have the capability of winning a big football game a la Indianapolis last week, which no one on this show felt like they could do because they don't know how to do it. And that's because they don't have the killer instinct because they got Mr. Clappity Clap on the side and Jason Garrett instead of a coach that says, yeah, grab them by the throat and rip out their tonsils. This team is does not have killer instinct to get over the hump and get the job done. That's the reason why this team is 8-8 eight eight all the time. And or they just don't want to grab up the guys that will help make a Michael Troy or an Emmett. And that is getting dirty. That means getting that first – means get that offensive lineman, the best ones that is out there, and frankly, they should trade up and get whatever they got to get in order to get it. The Dallas Cowboys fans, you better be happy that the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Redskins play in week 17. But what you need right now, you need a Dallas Cowboys win this week, and you're not going to get it, and you're all going to be doing the tear in your beer. And you're going to end up with what you got. Five goals to this program on a Sunday morning. It's square well, Good morning, my friend. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, Sonny. How are you this morning, my friend? Uh, you're already in a Dallas Cowboy rant. It's going to be a great show. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be a great show, and you know what? The Dallas Cowboys are gonna put on a great show. Most people, I don't know about you, don't like watching uh, reruns of uh, television shows. I, for one, love watching reruns of Dallas Cowboy football because that's what's gonna end up happening here today. It's a rerun, the same thing, over yeah, well, and over and over. You mean them losing December games, or what, what exactly are you referring to? So losing at the end. Losing at the end of the season. Cuervo, right. this team okay. is a classic for losing games at the end of the season in December when they're on a playoff run, and they either A, they can't get there, or B, they lose in the first round, or whatever the case may be. But we're talking about a football team that would be lucky to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. They got a team game against Tampa Bay and New York, and if you think the Giants are going to roll over for the Dallas Cowboys in Week 17, y'all crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I understand what you're saying, Sonny. And that's why I went straight to the to the reference of uh, losing December games because that that is what they're yep. doing. Now, 
I tell you, I mean, obviously they won last week against uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and they somehow found a way to, you know, beat uh, uh, Philadelphia the week before that. So if I'm not no, they got blanked against the Indianapolis Colts, Cuervo. They got blanked by the Indy. You're right. You're right. They did get blanked. They got blanked, and that was and that was another way. They could they yeah. could have clinched that they could have clinched the playoff spot, but they didn't have enough to grab them by the throat and choke them out, and they still don't have it. And here come and here come the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are not a good football team that in reality can't carry the jock of the Dallas Cowboys, but the Dallas Cowboys don't know how to treat success and how to get it and win games when they have to. They're going to lose this game because that's just what the Dallas Cowboys boys do. That's absolutely right. Wow. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought Dallas won that game. But, yeah, no, I remember now. We picked picked them to lose. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and I even said it. I said, let's see how they respond or how they can play on the road in a big game, and it kind of happened the way I thought it was. Maybe not to that extent, but the outcome of them losing is what I kind of thought was going to happen. Uh, like I said, yep. though, I didn't think it was going to be, you know, what was it, 20 to nothing or something like that? 20, yeah, it be that 21 to nothing, I think, or 23 or something like that to nothing. But, yeah, but either way, it was, you know, definitely not what the Dallas Cowboys needed and or wanted uh, to end up at. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it was a bad day uh, regardless. And, and you Very know, now bad they're day. playing Tampa Bay today, so – um, I don't know if we can call this a bounce back game or this is a redemption game. Um, you know, but, but if Dallas loses this one, Sonny, I, I would, I would probably have to say that, uh, you know, their playoff chances are looking pretty bad, pretty bad. And then the resurgence of a uh, Foles, Nick Foles, out of. Uh, Philadelphia, could you imagine that the Philadelphia Eagles win this division? It would, it would just, it would be the biggest comedy fest at the end of the year ever for the Dallas Cowboys because, but you know, this should not surprise Dallas Cowboy fans because they do the same thing. They get the marquee win and then they win the Super Bowl. Now I give them credit where credit was due. When they got that victory against the Philadelphia Eagles next the next week after that marquee game, I was on it. I was completely happy. But you know, for Dallas Cowboy fans and Dallas Cowboys, but then when they had the opportunity to stick their foot on the throat of their opponent and make the playoffs and and seal the playoffs for them, they couldn't get it done. And then they fell into the situation now where they have to win here. And you know, we we talk about it all the time. Can you win the big one? Do you know how to win the big one? And the Dallas Cowboys don't know how to do that. All you got to do is look at the first game playoffs that they've played for the many years. They haven't got past that first game, whether they had to buy in the first week or not. Whatever first game in the playoffs they had, they've dropped the ball. They have not gotten past there. So that that's a tough, tough thing for Dallas Cowboy fans, but get used to it. It, it. You're just watching a rerun, and you're seeing exactly – I mean, so it, it's the same thing over and over and over. Eight and eight, nine and seven type of situation, and that's what the Dallas Cowboys are in right now. Yeah, they are, Sonny, and, you know, this is, it's crunch time. Again, you know, we, we talk about this every year. Uh, crunch in, time. In, the, in, in December, um, you know, this is where the, the boys separate themselves from the men. 
or, or men separate themselves from the boys, I should say. And we find out who the pretenders are and we find out who the contenders are. And, yep. you know, if, if, if Dallas can win today, I don't know if I'd still call them a contender. I would just call it taking care of business, doing what you have to do to position yourself. But then a week 17 game against the Washington Redskins. No, wait, no, who are they playing in week 17? They play, the, they play Giants. The Giants, there you go. So that game against the Giants, look, a lot of people, uh, you know, just are automatically going to say, yeah, Dallas will win that game. But don't don't count the Giants <laughs> out, okay? Because, yeah. you know, they've somehow found a way to start playing some decent football lately. Uh, I'm not – I didn't say great. I just said decent. Uh, so Absolutely. Kind of for, what kind of forecast, what, what to look forward to for next year for them? Well, they can see that. They're pop right into this game. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they are taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, loser of the last two are Tampa Bay. Last week, losers for the Indianapolis Colts. A bad loss for their football team. You can say whatever you want. But, I, I yes, Sonny Clark is blaming the offensive line for that. Um, a lot of people want to blame Dak, and, and he should take the, the you know, shoulder of the uh, – the uh, responsibility of that loss, but really you've got to have an offensive line, which what didn't show up. And that's because they got a bunch of retreads and everything else. They don't have those young studs that they need. So they get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will clinch if they can win today. We've already kind of let the cat out of the bag on who we think is going to win this game. And I, I'm, I, I'm not saying the Dallas, the, the Dallas Cowboys, and it's mainly because they can't get it in, but it's the must win. You know, you go on a five-game winning streak and everything's all cool and calm, And but really right now when you look at what's going on over in – uh, Tampa Bay. They got a head coach in Dirk Cotter that knows what his team is going to go up against. Okay, and here's the problem, though. You know, Cotter hasn't beat the Dallas Cowboys, you know, ever. I think one time in twelve. There it is. One time in twelve matchups that they've beaten. Uh, Dirk Cotter has beaten the Dallas Cowboys, so they got that going for them. But here's the thing. You got to look at what's going on as far as the team is concerned and what it is. They are not going. They're not going. The Tampa Bay are not. Buccaneers are not going to lay down as long as Jameis Winston is in the game. So that's one great thing that they got going for them. By the way, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they rank third in the NFL in total offense. Okay, they are trending downward right now for the last couple of weeks, but they are third in the NFL in total. Uh, offense, and that is huge when you think about what is coming their way, which means the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys linebackers are great with Sean Lee and those two young bucks that are out there. There's no question about that, but this is an overrated defense because if you get deep down the field on them, you, all, you need, all you need is a half an inch, and, and you can deliver the ball. The question I have for you, Cuervo, is when, will Jameis Winston be able to deliver the ball deep down the field in order to get the big play? Sorry about that, Sonny. I was on uh, famous, the famous mute. Uh, yeah, I actually do think so. Do I think he's going to throw for 500 yards? No. Do I think he'll be effective and maybe throw for three-something, three touchdowns? I actually do. Look, I don't have a lot of faith in Dallas's secondary. I know a lot of people are talking about how much they've improved this year and, and, and whatnot. 
I still see them getting roasted every now and then uh, yep. on the deep ball. So I don't I don't see where this improvement is coming from. Maybe 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 their their short passing game has improved. Their, you know against against short passes, uh, but that's more due to the the linebacking core that they have now. You know from what I've seen, I feel like. Vander Esch and Jalen Smith are a good combo. They play well together. They're great. And if you know, and if, and if you separate the two, or, or one of them is is out with an injury, whatever it can, it really affects the other one. So it, it's it almost reminds me of of, of a Lance Briggs Brian Erlacher combination. Um, you know, me being the Bears fan, me being the Bears fan, I have to use that comparison, Sonny, but. But I mean, honestly, you know, the, the, they played so well together, and that's what made the Bears so successful defensively for for all those years under Lovey Smith. It, it, but yep. it was the linebacking play, and I think that's really and what's the, improved with the Dallas Cowboys. It's not really the secondary. Absolutely, from and what I see. And Cuervo, think about this just really quick. Let me interject here. When when, when you got those young bucks out there that you're talking about, you have the on the field coach that is Sean Lee, who knows where the ball's going every time. And in, mm-hmm. in, in, that is not coaching. That's instinct. How you coach it is the important thing. And if he can get a little bit to those young cats, that'll even make them better. Sean Lee's going to be the linebackers coach of this football team next year. You watch it. Mark it down. I said it first. Um, I said it actually a couple of weeks ago um, at the when he first got hurt this year. This guy that's will a great coach this team. Oh, it's a great, a great gift for, for him because of what he's already built right there in the linebacker core on the guys, you know, with Smith and, and the other guy. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, but those two dudes, those two dudes are his babies right there, and that's where their, their money is going to be. They just need to shore up a little bit, and uh, you know, for the islands as far as the secondary is concerned. And if they shore those up, they'll have a good defense. But, you know, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they come to this game last two games, they've only managed about 260 yards a game and only 26 points in the two games. But here's the thing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just scored three points in the second half of each one of those games. That might not be enough for today, but it is the Dallas Cowboys. It is a game, it is a season-defining game that happens this week. And, you know, Will the Buc- I don't think the Buccaneers are just going to lay down there. you got the wide receiver, Mike Evans, who ranks second in the NFC with a total of 1,328 yards. And then uh, you have JPP, so there he's got 11 and a half sacks. He's going to get the Dak. If he doesn't actually sack him, he's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And this, that's for his first year in Tampa Bay. So, you know, you got to be ready for some of the games that are coming your way. And right now the Dallas Cowboys are nicked up on a lot of very vital positions, and one of them is the running back in Zeke Elliott. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a stud, Sonny. You know, we, we, we know that. And you know, His success, it all depends on what you were talking about a few minutes ago, and that's the play of the offensive line. If, if, the, if the stars are not out there, then, you know, he can't do what he, he normally does, and that's eat, 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 you know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, you know, again, I mean, it has to he has to be – uh, at the protection of his offensive line, and if he doesn't have that, I mean, what running back is going to be able to 
do their job without without full strength of their offensive line. So, um, I mean, not 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 granted. You know, they they use him a lot in the passing game. He does get a lot of of um, uh, you know screens and, and, and swing passes, and that, there's other ways to use him. But I mean, yeah. he's a running back. His primary job is to take the ball when it's handed off to him and, and, and you know go. So it's it's hard for him to do that though without the protection. So yeah, a lot of it depends on that. So when we're picking this game, who are you going to go with? I I I just the, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they have enough. They they just don't have the. They don't have the gumption to get the victory, you know, in order to clinch a spot. This is a clinch game, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna, it's not gonna happen for them. Well, let me see. According so, I'm trying to pull it up. Sonny, is this game in Dallas or is it down in? It in, is in, in Florida? Dallas. It is, in and Dallas. I like the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys, and it sounds weird and sounds kind of, you know, cheesy to. to pick them just for that reason. But look, the Dallas Cowboys for for whatever the reason may be at home this year are, are on fire. Like they're just a totally different team. The, I don't know if it's it's the pump of the home crowd and, and whatnot. But um but the Dallas Cowboys on the at home are a different team than they are on the road. So you know what Sonny? I'm gonna go on the other side. I'm gonna take the Dallas Cowboys to win which means they will clinch today, all right? According to what you're saying, if they win today, they clinch the division. I think that happens. Um, But it's not going to be an easy walk in the park. You know, you mentioned it earlier. I think you said Tampa Bay is the number three offense in the league. That that attack that they have, what they do through the air is, is, I think it's it's an under-the-radar offense. Because when you think of Tampa Bay, you know, you think of a five-win team. And, and that's kind of what they are. But, again, I mean, with the receiving core that they have, uh, they're, they're, they are really – they're actually pretty good. It's just they don't get the recognition because of the fact that they're not even sniffing the playoffs. So, uh, people just kind of write them off. But, but I, I, I mean, that the secondary for Dallas is going to have to play a, a very – uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to use. I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but they just they just need to be on it today. Okay, they cannot let a guy like a Deshaun Jackson, who has tortured the Dallas Cowboys in the past, can't allow him to get behind those you know those safeties and and burn him because he still has very good speed. He's not what he once was, but, uh, but you know you. I mean, th- throughout this season, we've seen Deshaun Jackson burn some guys. Um, after after we felt like he didn't have it anymore, so so I would I would caution the Dallas secondary they better be on it today or else they could find themselves in an ugly situation at home. But I'm still gonna Absolutely. go with the Cowboys, Sonny. There he is. He's gonna he, Cal, Dallas uh, Dallas Cowboys fans now love Cuervo. So now we're gonna go into a three game rapid pick, okay, Cuervo? Because I might have a guest at the top of the hour. Let's do this. Rapid fire on. The Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Are the Buffalo Bills getting that much better to where they have an opportunity to even come close to even uh, going up against New England and getting the victory at Gillette? 
No, no, not today, Sonny. No, not not at home uh, uh, against you know, the New England Patriots. I don't I don't see that happen. I'll take I'll take New England. Okay, New England, I, and I, I'm right there with you. I, as much as the Bills have improved a little bit and are going to get better, they might make a challenge next year. But as far as I'm concerned, you take a look at this season, the season's over for them. So that goes into our next rapid-fire game as the 6-8 Cincinnati Bengals win last week go up against the 6-7-1 and one. Uh, Cleveland Brown teams who have won two games in a row. They are in Cleveland. This one, I, 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 I can't believe I'm about ready to say what I'm going to say, Cuervo, in this AFC uh, North battle that happens each and every year. The, the winner is clear, the Cleveland Browns. I can't believe I even said that. I, it, I, might, I might need to go back and lay down and try to wake up and say that again. But Cleveland is the clear winner here today. Look, Sonny, I, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's great for the NFL that the Cleveland Browns are becoming relevant absolutely. again. Absolutely. You, you're talking about, a, 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 you know, a, you're awakening the beast, and, and I'm talking about the Dogtown Nation over there in Cleveland. Absolutely. Because uh, ta- it's, it's, it's another fan base that can now enjoy every Sunday. I'm not saying that Browns fans aren't aren't proud of of being Browns fans because I know Browns fans, and trust me, they're not ashamed to admit it. Okay, but to actually win games and be in conversations of whether it's playoffs, and you know, look, they've had a great season, but you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that uh, you know, as of yesterday, they've been mathematically eliminated from the playoff contention. So. There's no way they'll make it this year, but I'm telling you, next year, Sonny, next year, watch out because, you know, the, the dog pound is back. Like, we're talking, you know, Bernie Kosar days uh, yep. uh, of the Cleveland Browns yep. are coming back. So, but, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it doesn't surprise me that you're, that you're saying that Cleveland is, Cleveland is the clear cut, uh, you know, winner in today's game because I agree. I think they are the clear-cut winner as well. And, you know, my question to you is, are we finally seeing the end of, of uh, Marvin Lewis as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bay? Is this what it finally – put it, I'll put it to you in perspective, Sonny. If Cleveland wins this game today, they, they would have swept the Cincinnati Bengals for the first time in who knows how, how many years. Is that enough to say – Marvin Lewis, you're fired. You got swept by the Cleveland now, Browns this year. It, you it, are and that's just gone. because there's only that, that's just because there's only one more game to go. They're not gonna fire him. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll let him no, you no, know okay, ease no, out no, the no, door no, like no, they should have done last year. Let, let me back up for a second. I'm not saying it's gonna happen tomorrow, but I'm saying at the end of the season, Black Monday comes. Oh yeah, he's gone. Well, is Marvin I, I mean, Lewis? He, is he, Marvin Lewis's name? They mentioned? can win out and they'd be gone. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I, I would, I would, I would imagine that the expectations were a little bit higher for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals this year, um, and they just completely fell on their face. Um, so I, I don't and, know. And I, then I add think, insult to injury. 
Then they had insult to injury. They lose Andy Dalton two weeks ago. They lose A.J. Green uh, last week. And then here's what's going to happen. They're going to get bitch slapped up at Pittsburgh in week 17. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you get what you deserve sometimes, I guess. But I don't know. I just, I just, I guess my question is, is getting swept by Cleveland enough? to say that, you know, you just don't have what it takes to coach this football team anymore. Not, not, it just depends, and this is what I'll say. There's two, two reasons. Number one, the picture of the GOAT and the owner, maybe that's the thing. But more in the fact is, is are they willing to suck up the money that they guaranteed him for two years? Remember, he signed a two-year extension, and that was guaranteed money, Jack. That wasn't just – and that's the reason why Marvin Lewis stayed there. I mean, because that was two-year guaranteed money. The question is, will Cincinnati play cheap and say, well, no, you know, we, we, we already got to pay you. Why should we pay two coaches kind of mentality? I don't know if that football team, you know, is capable of doing something like that. So that just all depends on the mentality of the front office, and that front office needs a lot of help. You and I both know it. Um, you know, obviously, if you if you retain Marvin Lewis after he says he's done, Cuervo, you remember it was about week 14 last year. You know, he said, "I'm done. I'm. This is going to be it. This is my final season." And then then they offer him out the two year contract because they end on the winning streak. Allah, go back to my boy Brian Hoyer. Um, you know, same crap, different year. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're back to being the Bengals again. Yeah, Do you remember last year when when all the news was he's done at the end of the season? Well, yeah, and that that was on his terms. It wasn't Cincinnati trying to fire him and then they changed their mind and say, no, 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 come back, Marvin. We were just kidding. We we just wanted to see what you were going to say. No, this was Marvin Lewis saying, I'm out. I'm done. And and they forgot on their hands and he's please don't don't leave Marvin come back it was it was almost like a Titanic scene come back but yeah <laughs> you know, and, and, and so you know I, I only referenced that because I, I actually was watching the movie yesterday I, I opened the oh, there you, there you go I was with Mrs. <laughs> I'm like it was Boy, with you Mrs. Cuervo okay <laughs> it was with Mrs Cuervo okay that's my disclaimer to it but anyways um. But yeah, I mean, they. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead, terrible. Hey, nobody's talking to you, Chuck. You go, go back to sleep or whatever you're doing. Go, go attempt to hit a golf ball. But anyway, um, yeah, look, they they begged for him to stay for whatever crazy reason. And well, I know the, the reason thanks that they get. This is the thanks that the Cincinnati Bengals get for. Begging Marvin Lewis to stay another year. Like you really want well, to stay you know what it was? Okay. It was the it was the last game of the season. It was the it was the Raven game. Hell, I don't know if they. I don't even know if they won, but they were damn close. Either either a they won or they came damn close to beating the Ravens. And then you know you know all the oh they played so great. Look how they responded like they've done many years, Brian Hoyer. Uh, you know before. And, and then guess what? They decided that wow, we can build on this. So what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna offer out the money and we'll keep our guy. Oh my God, unbelievable! Yeah, I, I don't know, Sonny. It's, it's <laughs> so here's here's what I'll say. 
you know, everybody talks about what makes a team well-ran, you know. For some teams, it, there's an exception to it, okay? The head coach is what keeps a football team successful. New England got it. Look, Bill Belichick could have me as the GM, and we would, and the New England Patriots would still win 12 games a year, go to the playoffs, get the bye, at least make the AFC championship, if not the Super Bowl. I, as, me as the GM, that could happen. Okay, because Bill Belichick is the one that runs that organization. I don't care what anybody Absolutely. says. Okay, I agree. Now, you look at the Cleveland Browns, though. You look at uh, uh, you know some of the you know the Pittsburgh Steelers. You look at uh, you know, all these other teams that make the playoffs year after year after year. The GM, the GM is the one that runs football teams. Look at I mean look at my Chicago Absolutely. Bears. Complete mess until Ryan Pace came in, said, "You know what? We're gonna. This is uh, this is how I want the roster to look. We're gonna get younger. We're gonna have playmakers. And Lord behold, today they're ten and four. Uh, we, you know, clinched clinched the division last week, and it's because of the roster that he is with, with, with them. John Dorsey going to Cleveland. You look at the attitude that he's, that he's brought to that football team. The roster changes that were made." That has made all the. It's not. It's not like Cleveland Browns woke up one day and said, "Oh, this is how you run it." No, somebody had to come <laughs> in, make change, yep. and and put their foot down and say, "Enough is enough." I'm tired. Um, you know, we're not going to suck anymore. You know, the yep. Chicago Cubs. And I know this is a football show, but I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to baseball for a second. I mean, it's going to be another 108 years if it wasn't for Theo Epstein coming Absolutely. in as the president of the team. So. So it really, yes, head coaches are extremely important, Sonny. And you've got to have a guy yep. that's willing to put in the work and and and, and be a coach, not not a buddy, to to not a player's coach, a, a coach, a mentor. Okay. Yep. But you got to have and a there's GM a difference. that knows. Yes, there is. But you got, you also have to have a GM that know that can sniff talent out from anywhere. And, and, and knows how to build a roster and, and, and knows what they're looking for and has a vision of what they want their team to look like. And John Dorsey coming in Cleveland. Because they sacrificed to get that boy from, from, from the Raiders. I mean, that was a big sacrifice, but it obviously was the right one. Sure. And, and, and so, that's, so that's what it takes. It's just, it just takes some change. It takes a vision. And, and, and you go out there and you make it happen. And, and, and look what the Cleveland Browns have done so far. And, and they're only going to get better. So Definitely. Whatever's going right, on in Cincinnati, it's it's a mess. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our break early because the top of the hour we're supposed to have a guest. I want to get the first break out of the way, so we're going to do that. We're going to cut into our first break. If we, I'm not going to tell you who it is um, because if you don't show, I don't want to, I don't want to say I promised somebody and didn't make it. So we'll take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. 
proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. and take it for a ride, check out Costlo Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlo Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costloinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com.
to the couch for the Welcome into the couch for the table. Welcome into the couch for the We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can go write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sammy Clark, on a Sunday morning. And we took an early break. Yes, we did. Uh, because the top of the hour, we're supposed to have somebody in. Uh, not going to say who it is, but I want to go back to the quick rapid fire before we get there because there are a couple of games that really don't have a lot to talk about, which means we'll be able to listen to our guests and maybe even talk a little bit more towards the end of the show as we make a quick trip over to Arizona. And it's a quick trip because the L.A. Rams, uh, you know, got lucky. Is The scheduling gods helped them out. Uh, in week 16 to get the Arizona Cardinals with as bad as they are. I, I don't know how anybody can pick the Arizona Cardinals today against the Rams. Gurley is a game-time decision, but if I was the Rams, I wouldn't even chance it. Um, it, it Gurley's not playing today if they're smart, Cuervo. Yes, I mean, I heard he's not. So, uh, I mean... Or he's questionable, I think, if I heard last. Game time you know, Yeah, I mean, against the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, do they really need him? I, I don't know. I, maybe not. But but it, it's 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 weird because every time a team does that, it always comes back to just haunt them in, in a way where that player winds up being rusty the next game or, or they don't perform as well. And, you know, that that's what I would hate to see if, if – if I'm a Rams fan, uh, is, is him come back and, and, and not perform to the level that he's been playing all year, uh, you know, MVP-type numbers. So it, it, I would say – I would if, – if I'm Sean McVay, I mean, honestly, this is my honest opinion, I would put him in a limited role. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out, but I don't think I would start him or play him full-time either. Put him in a limited role, just kind of get a feel of how yeah. he's doing uh, and, and and just still keep the the the, uh, the wheels greased, if you will. Um, but don't don't completely shut him down. I think that's a bad idea. It might be a bad idea, maybe not even get him the ball, but just get out there, be in the formations, be ready to go. So, like you said, get a little oil on the grease and see what ends up happening because, you know, the Arizona Cardinals don't have a chance today, and I don't even care that they're home. I don't think anybody cares that they're home. Um, the chance of the, getting the victory isn't going to happen here today. But that will take us into our other one where we don't have to think too much, or maybe do we, Cuervo? I don't know. Um, to me, this just wide open as the Indianapolis Colts are at home and taking on the New York Giants. Uh, you know, the Colts get the big win last week against the Dallas Cowboys, which they needed to obviously stay in contention in the AFC. I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. That having been said, they need to get a victory against New York. They are at home, and the Giants lose last week. So this one's going to be a good, you know, a good game. But I see Indianapolis no problem mm-hmm. over the New York Giants. Yeah, I, I really don't either, Sonny. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Colts are a team that, again, 
you know, are, are, are if they make the playoffs, I think they're a team that could, that could make a little bit of noise. Uh, I don't know if there's, you know, Super Bowl bound or anything like that, but I think, I think they're, they have potential, you know, maybe win a game in the playoffs, um, depending on who they match up against. Um, you know, people are, are all going googly over the Baltimore Ravens, and, and, and for good reason. I mean, after the performance that they had last night. That's a good win but, last um, night. But don't, I, damn near, I yeah. damn near picked them last night, too, Cuervo. I was on the edge, but I was like, at San Diego at home, they're playing so good. No, I just can't do it. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's, you know. Chargers have been on fire all year, and um, so I mean I'm sure 90 percent of the, the the country picked them to win. Uh, but uh, you know Baltimore, look, I mean with Lamar Jackson, it's a different looking team. So I think that's what people are f- forgetting, or, or they you know they kind of have laps in, in in memory or judgment, is that Lamar Jackson brings a different dimension to that offense in Baltimore. So um, it's it's not it's not the days of Joe Flacco sitting in the pocket anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, going back to the game we were just talking about, you know, Indianapolis, I think, is the team people are sleeping on. Uh, I think I yeah. think they're, they're, they're a couple of, you know, defensive guys away from really being a contender in the AFC. I think they still yeah, – what they, they have in Darius Leonard, help. the rookie, They is, need is safety great. and secondary help, Cuervo, without question. They, they, yeah, absolutely. Those guys are not good enough to play on the island against the number one wide receivers of, you know, you know whether, whoever it would be. Don't count, don't count New, uh, New England. They never have a number one wide receiver. But, I'm, you know, the Steelers, mm-hmm. you know, that are going to be there, you know, you, you, you can't put anybody on him. You know, Houston, of course, they got two of them over there, Kansas City and, of course, Los Angeles. Those guys have number ones and number twos. The number twos could be number ones on other teams, you know. So as much as I want them to make the playoffs, and I do, just mainly because of Andrew Luck and, you know, hopefully we could get him, you know, to be more competitive next year in the AFC South. It will be a very interesting division of football next year. Uh, I just want to see it for him so he say, hey, I came back off that injury, made the playoffs, hey, we got beat by a better team. Of course we did. Now let's build. Let's get some defense going. But the Indianapolis Colts got to do exactly what the Dallas Cowboys have to do. They have to draft the offensive linemen before they go defense, even though they are in a, a ton of need of defense. But still, you can get a the difference between getting an offensive lineman and a you know a secondary player that's a good second you can get the secondary player it's hard to get those offensive linemen in, in free agency. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's it's all about you know making the right moves, identifying what you need, and and going out there and grabbing those guys, whether it's through the draft or free agency. Yeah. So uh, I think they're only one away. I think just like you, I I think they're just one away. I think they could, you know, maybe a player or two in that secondary, they're going to be super bad and be a contender uh, in the years to come. Now, just really, just really quick, you know, we, with this game that's going on, as far as what we were talking about, let's just hop back to yesterday's game. The Baltimore Ravens get that victory. That was a huge victory because all you got to do is go take a look at the standings. Right now they got more wins than the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they got more losses because of that tie. So Pittsburgh's holding on to it. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have the New England, uh, mark that, the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Um, So that having been said, 
you know, I don't know, Cuervo, that this could be a very interesting game this afternoon as this uh, – uh, well, actually, mark that. that Yeah, the game is in New Orleans. So uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've got to get a victory or Baltimore's going to just jump in the first place by a half game. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about New Orleans-Pittsburgh, I'm assuming, because we jumped around a little bit on that one. Yeah, well, I'm jumping to that because the the game last night, Baltimore gets that victory, a big-time victory, which puts the pressure mm-hmm. on the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Steelers right now, you know, they have that tie. So if they lose this game, they'll drop in behind Baltimore in reality in the standings. And But if they win, they still have that half game over. So that's not necessarily winning – for Pittsburgh in week number one against the Browns, but not taking the loss is benefiting them right now. But man, that victory that victory today is a must. This is almost a must win for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I mean, I think it is a must win. It absolutely is um, <clears throat> because you know you, <clears throat> you think about uh, the way again Baltimore. Right, right on their, right on their tail, and um, you know, so they're going to have to win. They have to win out in order to kind of stay ahead of of the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, you know, I think, you know, that 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 win last week against New England was huge for them, and they, they absolutely, um, it really kind of just kind of propelled them to what how their season could potentially end. And if they can win today against against the New Orleans Saints, I think I think Pittsburgh is is going to be feeling really good about themselves going into the postseason. Absolutely, and but they got to do it at the dome. They got to do it at uh, New Orleans, and that right there could stand because you look at the Ravens. The Ravens get the Browns. Now it's not going to be an easy game. Normally, you'd say, "Hey, no problem." Uh, you know, they're home against the Cleveland uh, in the last week, so. You look at that game and you go, well, you know, they're 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 looking pretty good, you know, uh, but that's going to be a battle for them going into week 17. But when you look on the other side, when you look on the other side, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they pretty much got to win. They they got the the Bengals, so um, a, a, a win here could pretty much, like you said, clinch it. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to end up getting that clinch. Uh, from that game. So let's go to that game as we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. My guest said, I'm keeping my eye open for my guest. So he said he was going to call in. So we'll see if we'll get him. But let's go to that game. We are hopping around today. Uh, but let's go to the game where the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the New Orleans Saints. 8 5 and 1 are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and the New Orleans Saints, they are 12 and 2. And, you know, uh, by the way, I'm sick and tired of Patrick Mahomes being anointed the MVP. He's not. Stop it. Everybody, just stop it. I understand the excitement, but just stop it. Anyway, Pittsburgh winner last week. Uh, New Orleans Saints riding the two game winning streak going into this one as well. Cuervo, you know, you know Ben Roethlisberger and everything. Uh, you know he's got to be. You know he's got to be on top of his game in reality, uh, because th- if they don't get the win here, that means all the starters are going to start against Cincinnati. They get the win here, they're pretty much going to wrap this up. Especially if you know, especially if Baltimore loses next week. But 
here this week. All important game here for the uh, Steelers to take a hold of this division. You know, but you know, you're looking at quite possibly the uh, the MVP of the league, and you know, the only problem is the Saints don't have to have this game. I mean, they they pretty much locked up home field all the way through. It all they need is one more victory, whether it be this week or next week. You know, it. But I, I mean, do you think we're going to get the same Saints football team that we would get like if it was week 14 or week uh, 13? I think today we will, Sonny. Um, you know, just because of the fact that uh, I, I don't think it's in Drew Brees' uh, DNA. It's not his. Uh, yeah, it's not in his DNA to let off the gas just because they they you know have potentially locked up you know the number one spot in the division or not in the division in the NFC. Um, you yeah. know, with the bye, get the number one seed. You know, I, I think I think you see a full throttle New Orleans Saints today. Next week might be a different discussion between you and I about might, might which though. New Orleans Saints team <laughs> team's going to show up. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this game, and, and I, when I was asking myself, you know, Yes, here's your good football team, but boy, oh boy, are they not the same football team that we normally look at the Steelers. But you have to admit, though, you know, say whatever you want, you know, they've been able to get by, you know, the the Bell situation, uh, they've been able to get by with Connor and a couple other guys that are out there. So, um, so the Ravens get that victory just puts a lot more, I mean, the Ravens can sit at home. And they'll all be watching this one, and they will all be, you know, you know, hoping for the Drew Brees to come out. But my only question is, when I'm looking at the Steelers, you know, when it comes down to, to the end of the game, if this gets into Ben Roethlisberger's hands, what 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 can we expect, uh, you know, this season compared to many seasons before Cuervo, when Ben Roethlisberger has the ball at the end of the game, you know, he's money. Uh, we're not getting that this year. We're not getting that same Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, so it would be very interesting. But what I think is key, remember last year I talked about how slow the Saints defense was. You know, it didn't seem like they had a lot of speed, but they played very well. Uh, guess what? They're still doing the same thing. So evidently Sonny is seeing a lot different thing that is going on here. And the only thing I got to say is they better have one that can keep up the speed because they're going to have to keep up with Brown. If they don't keep up with Brown, they can you have the big play down the field in the dome. The dome is really going to be good for Ben Roethlisberger today. It's always going to be good for Drew Brees. But the fact that there are no elements out on the football field and Ben Roethlisberger can throw a deep ball, I think we're going to see that a lot here today. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we will too, Sonny. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to see a Pittsburgh Steelers team really come in and, and – Give every effort to to win this game, uh, and 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 I, everybody's probably thinking, why would you say that? Look, it took a lot out of them to win that game against New England last week at home. Okay, and normally what we talk about on this show is let's talk about the follow up. You get a big win. Yep. How do you follow that up? All right. Now Pittsburgh has to go on the road 
to New Orleans, where I don't think they've lost a game this that uh, you know at this nope. year. I think they're undefeated at home. So they are. Uh, with that, with that said, I mean, you know, what's the follow up going to look like? And, and I, I don't know. It, it's 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 tough to really say because again, like you said, I mean, Ben Ben looks. I mean, but Father Time is undefeated. Okay, so. Obviously, yes, he's yeah. going to look a little bit slower and whatnot, and arm arm strength not as what it once was, just just due to age. What I'm worried about is, you know, the guys around him. You know, what are they going to do to kind of help him out and step up and and, and make plays? Because I haven't seen much from Antonio Brown the past couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. He he's there, you know. He makes one or two big plays, and then you don't see anything else from him the rest of the game. All right, James Conner is already out, and that's bad enough. So who who is who is it going to come from? Who is going to be the guy that can step in and and make big plays when they need it? I mean, we all know it should be Antonio Brown. It should be Juju every now and then. If that uh, if that fails and they lock those guys up and they double team Antonio Brown or or Juju Smith Schuster or whatever, who's going to be the next guy? Is it going to be Vance McDonald? Is it going to be yeah? Uh, you know who's it going to who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be the guy that can step in and say I got this guys? You know get get the ball to me. I'm I'm going to make a play for us. Is it going to be Samuel backup running back uh, for the for the Steelers? Uh, who's so I mean. That's my question. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the guy that comes in and can make a big play for them? Uh, because they're going to need it. They're going to need it against this high-powered Saints offense uh, to match, yep. you know, point for point. So especially early on in the game, that's going to, you know, who's going to be the tone setter in this football game? And then, and then you got, and then you look at that whole thing. How are they going to get it done? You got to remember, you're looking at the, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints defense. They're they're hoping, you know, since week number four, Cuervo, uh, the New Orleans Saints defense has been, you know, on fire, and uh, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL. So you think about that, but. When you look at the offensive side side of the ball, you know, nor you know, again, back to the defense, they haven't allowed more than 17 points in the last six weeks. Uh, but you know, when they were averaging 37 points a game offensively in the first 11 games, they've only been able to muster up 16 points in the last two uh, or last three games, actually. So you know. The question, you know, what, I want to know why, where the drop-off is and why the drop-off is happening for Drew Brees in the last three games. I mean, you know, after you've been do, you know, scoring 37 points a game and then you drop off, something – I mean, I want to know. I want to know because there should not be a reason why that Drew Brees has dropped off to 16.7 points a game in the last three games after scoring 37 points a game in the first 11. So something's not adding up. Something's not making sense. And it's, they haven't lost wide receivers. They still got those wide receivers. I'm not sure about what has happened on the offensive line, but Drew Brees usually gets rid of that ball pretty quick. I wonder what's going on. Could we have an injury that we are not hearing about something going on that we're not hearing about regarding the Drew Brees, you think? Uh, 
I mean, I think it's possible, Sonny, but, you know, well, I, I, I mean, there's other injuries with that team as well. Michael Thomas has been banged up, their number one wide receiver. Um, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure Kamara and, and, and Mark Ingram, between the two of them, with all the carries that they get, uh, with all the, you know, with as much as they've been utilized in their, you know, in their offense, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're pretty beat up. It may not be injury. It just might just be, you know, from just the grind of the season. So, you know, this is the time of the year where, where guys are just, they're just worn out. And, yeah, you know, you got you got to find that inner strength to, to kind of push through the, the last couple games of the year. But um, I, I think the injuries could be in other places. I, I don't think I'm too worried about Drew himself. Uh, maybe an offensive lineman. I haven't looked at the injury report for the New Orleans Saints, but um, you know, might be surprised to see what you find uh, uh, on that injury report. It could be an offensive lineman that's that's not there. Max Unger or yeah. somebody else on that O line that could be, you know, just kind of like with the Dallas Cowboys, how you talked about, you know, the young the young studs aren't there. Might be the same situation with the Saints. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the same centuries that are going on right now because, you know, that 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 it's a drastic drop off. I mean, it really is. Uh, so, looking at the current injuries right now, well, Cuervo, you know, guess what? It, it, we're not the brightest in the world, but you know, uh, 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 Bushrod is out the tackle, and Teron Armstead tackle. Um, he's been hampered by knee injury, so there there are some. There's you know, right there on the offensive line, all set and ready to go. Uh, they've got they've got injury problems going on. So um, looking out for that, I figured I. You, yeah, I mean, you're already right there on the offensive line, some place that you've got to look at uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, they also have um, – I've never heard of the guy, so, but he's got, they got a guard that's out with an ankle injury as well. So mm-hmm. uh, looking at uh, – oh, there it is, Michael Ola. Um, you know, he, they put him on IR, so he is gone for the whole scene. That that one right there, that's that's a big one, and uh, so at least some of the names that we're seeing, that could be a big effect on what's going to happen in it. But that might be the reason why we've seen the, you know, I don't want to say a downward spiral per se, because Drew Brees is capable of throwing it for 320 at any given moment. Uh, but that having been said, I just lost Cuervo. Um, as I think he might uh, be going out to get the high and tight. There, you know, there are a lot of guys that are a big part of the success of what the Saints do, and it's got to start with that offensive line. So uh, we'll we'll take a look at that. We'll find out how much more of that is a big question going on uh, in this one. So we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is week number 16 of the NFL. We've covered a lot of games already within the first hour and 19 minutes of the game. Uh, But the reason why we did that is because we got a lot of uh, games uh, that are going to be there. I'm going to get a message over the – here we go. There's uh, Brian. Um, you coming back, Cuervo, or high and tight. There we go. Um, so 
That having been said, we'll find out what uh, Cuervo's status of coming back up on the show. Uh, so what we're going to do then, is we'll, uh, since we have an opportunity, I'm going to hop into our next break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the all-important uh, games, all-important ones uh, I think are very important uh, for this week. We'll talk about those when we come this back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat, and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469 469- Five five six sixty three sixty four. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Equals asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. 
Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on a Sunday morning. It's that being said, Cuervo stepped out, should be back here in just a moment. But what we'll do is we'll cut to some of the news that's going on in the NFL um, as far as, you know, important things, especially with what's going on in today's games. We're going to get right on it. But here, that having been said, let me push this button. Todd Gurley is expected to play today. Yes, it is the test of So the Rams are planning on playing Gurley in this game. So uh, interesting situation there. And then some more news that are out there. I talked a couple of coaching situations. The Jets are going to hold on to Doug Marone. The Carolina Panthers. uh, Head coach is expected to return next season. So that having been said, two guys, it's not they didn't get the vote of confidence. They are expected to come back. There's the difference. You know, uh, when you get the vote of confidence, we have all the uh, we have all the um, all the good feelings about this guy. You know, yeah, no, these guys are going to be back now, unless something goes crazy. There are two weeks left to go in the season. Uh, Marone, I think, is okay. I think they realize, and finally, I mean, I don't know how many years it takes in order for them to realize this, uh, but uh, they need a quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars need desperately a quarterback, and there's no question about that. Blake Bortles not getting the job done in Jacksonville. Uh, I I told them all for that for the last two weeks. But 
I think I think what needs to happen here, I think a win here uh, when Carolina takes on Atlanta a little bit later, we'll talk about that game. I think that solidifies his uh, his spot. And or if they lose that game and get a win against New Orleans, I think he needs to win one of the two um, before we're really you know, kind of talking about whether or not uh, that we'll see Rivera off of the football field and off the sideline for the Carolina Panthers. But that will also depend upon the situation regarding Cam Newton. Cam Newton has been shut down. That is big news. And the question is, is can he maintain it? That's going to be the other part of the news. So um, the big portions of some of the news that is going on in the NFL, and uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on that one as well. Some other news that are uh, that is going on in the NFL um, you know the, the Mark Jackson uh, has he put uh, some you know pressure on the Ravens to maybe deal Joe Flacco and there's a lot of teams out there that could use a, a Joe Flacco without question so um, going that route it, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens. Um, Adrian Peterson went past Eric Dickerson on the all-time rushing list in the game last night, even though they did lose. So look out for that. Uh, Clowney, Wagner, Jones, all fined for NFL hits last week. Uh, so that's always big news. It's how it's going to react for those players in the next game that they play. So look out for that. Um, you know, and, and the the big one, the big one on that, it, it would be Clowney. I think Clowney has got to be able to get up there and, and play well. But all of them were fined twenty thousand dollars for illegal hits. Uh, last week, I think Clowney has to come back from those and not let that get into his head and go from there. Now, Cameron Jordan needs to shut up. Yeah, I said it. Cameron Jordan needs to shut his mouth. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I am completely off in the left-hand side. This happens before the game, you know, and I, I, to bring unneeded, I guess, focus on you more so than a team, I I think it's just, you're, you're just making yourself really look stupid. I mean, really look stupid. And I don't know. And I'll just I'll just put it out there. I don't know why he's talking the way that he's doing. I, I really don't. Why this guy has to come up and say something? But the comments about Ben Roethlisberger, okay, doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, really, it doesn't. But he goes ahead and he opens his mouth. And I don't know if he thinks he's trying to get into to Ben Roethlisberger's head. But if you don't want, you don't want to wake a sleeping bear, okay, going into this game. And uh, he says he wouldn't rank Ben Roethlisberger, you know, at the quarterback position among the top of his generation. Yeah, I, yeah, that's just something that you don't want to do. You don't want to put that out there. 
and you know why he said something that stupid right before a big game. Listen, you want if if you are the Saints and if you're gonna face a team, I think you want to face the Baltimore Ravens before you face the Steelers. I, I mean, let, let's just stop with the stupid talk. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, so uh, if there's anything else, uh, Josh Gordon, big story, and, and I'm going to touch on that, and then I'm going to get into the games. Josh Gordon has uh, now suspended as he took a quote-unquote step away before he got suspended. So he knew it was coming and everything. And uh, I have been told that I'm a very harsh person. I have been told that you don't get today's athlete. And I got news for you. I completely get it. I completely understand it. I, and I even know why. Now, and I'm not going to say I know anything about Josh Gordon's pain. But for the last three years, I don't know how much pain that he's getting from the NFL, you know, field. I mean, I get getting hit, you know, you know, tackled and stuff. I get it, but no more than anybody else who doesn't do what he has done. And I, I don't know. I don't know what anybody else is saying regarding Josh Gordon. Um, only thing I know is how I feel about Josh Gordon, and. I I just I I don't feel one bit sorry for Josh Gordon. I really don't. You want to know why I don't feel sorry for him? Because this is a guy that has had more than one, more than two, more than three, more than four, more than five opportunities. Now, without saying that harsh. I will say this. I will say that a guy who has this kind of problem is I I I All right, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say what I'm going to say about it. This guy this guy's got to go. Okay? Regardless of what you think about you know, marijuana usage amongst players and stuff like that. You you can have all those opinions in the world, and I don't think I'd be too against you uh, as far as that is concerned. But this guy's got to go. I, I mean, I the the Browns put him off the field, you know, three or four times, then turns around and does it yet again. This is a guy that does not know how to take on personal responsibility. And that part I did hear from Stephen A., but it was something that I said. I even went back into my archives and said the same exact thing after not the first or second, but the third time. So am I supposed to feel sorry for Josh Gordon? I don't. It's a wasted, complete opportunity and a waste of talent. And not only that, 
a guy that has done it so much that it affects his ability to maintain a normal life just outside of football. This guy won't be able to get a job anywhere, Jack. I mean, they, they drug test everywhere. I mean, so you know, he's not going to be able to get a job anywhere. So that having been said, I'm going to put it out there. I don't feel sorry for Josh Gordon. I'm not going to get into an over, you know, zealous talk about it, but I don't feel sorry for him. I don't think he should be an NFL football player because it definitely, definitely reads off the wrong message to young people. If we're, if they're actually worried about that in the NFL, I don't know if they are or not. I don't care. But this is a guy that needs some help professionally. Personally, I could give a rat's fat ass how much this guy tokes it up on the weekend. Could care less. And that and that goes for anybody. I don't care. It's none of my business. Okay. Unfortunately, football players and their their lifestyles and what they do uh it gets gets magnified because of what they do. So that in turn you have to change your way of doing things. You may sit here and think all day long, this is a stupid rule, this is a stupid law, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I really don't care. I you know, I don't I don't smoke it, so I don't have to worry about it. Alright? Never will. And so I don't care. I don't care if it's against the law or it's not. Last time I looked, the only per, you know, you, you you get a ticket for for driving under the influence. A DUI kills you. So there you go. You you take that chance. So there are consequences to the actions that you do, whether it's a DUI, whether you know you, you you're driving so slow and you run into a tree. Uh, you got to pay for the repairs on your car. Um, but you know. The NFL asking a player slash whatever not to do it is not beyond all scopes of anybody else who has a job. And you can't just let them do it. It is against the law in most places. And as a professional football league you can't allow it. Just can't. That leads me to another story about, uh, you know, I read this, and, and I found it interesting. I'll put it out there. I found it an interesting story. I don't know how much of it is a complete and utter shock at one guy, but I'm going to tell you, there's, 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 the NFL is definitely doing something on the, on the silly side. And I will tell you right now, drug testing is a necessary thing. But Eric Reed, I think, has a point. I am, and I may or may not be wrong. I don't know. It, it, could this be backlash? I don't know. Probably is. Because, listen, the NFL can hold a grudge, and you wouldn't know if they're grudging you or not, but 
you you look at the situation regarding a a player that has been seems to have been overly charged you know he's been it was seven times random drug testing so he, now is the NFL going looking for something are they digging well if Eric Green is smart he won't do it if he sees it coming that way after the third or four third or fourth I understand it and but one thing I will say Eric Reed obviously has got a I don't want to say vendetta against the NFL, but they got the lawsuit. It's one or the other. It's a vendetta or lawsuit, either one. Um, they're about the same because the NFL responds the same. And the NFL can be this way. And, and I'm just going to say it. Eric Reed, I'm not on the player side. If you, if you don't, if you don't, in the cup, God. Now, if, if this is such an infringement on your personal rights, don't play football. If, if you have nothing, keep your mouth shut and move on, and it makes you more credible in your lawsuit. The fact that he's coming out and making a big deal about this, it takes away from the credibility of his lawsuit, along with Colin Kaepernick. This is not the time to talk about it. The time to talk about it is when it's in front of a judge. And if you don't smoke weed, you don't have nothing to worry about peeing the cup shut up and then and then use that as a weapon against the NFL as far as the collusion is concerned or maybe someone be treating you different. 11 times, hey, so be it. Pee in the cup. Listen, if I got the money that Eric Reed was, I, I, I pee in the cup every single morning. I willingly walk in. I mean, this is a guy who made so much money that he shouldn't have a care in the world and making plenty of money to live his life. Listen, there are many people, such as myself, I'd, I'd, I'd wake up in the morning and pee in the cup for you. I don't care. You're going to pay me? Yeah, whip it. Whip it good, as Zivo says. So the whole situation regarding Eric Reed supposedly being mistreated and I don't see drug tests as mistreated. But I also don't necessarily believe in an NFL squad team, whatever the case may be, jumping down and trying to take it out on you. I, that part, I don't. I don't. I'm not on the side of the NFL. I'm not even on the side of the player. But here's, the, here's one thing I will say. When you're an NFL player, you're subject to rules, regardless if you like them or not. And if that means paying in a cup 11 times, then you pay in a cup 11 times. When you get paid the amount of money that you do and you do it right and you play the game right and do it the right way, then this is not a problem. You make it a problem. If you make it a problem, you don't put yourself out in the middle and say, oh, I'm being drug tested yet again. This is a big, big, big situation. So say whatever you want. But I, I'm I, I'm not I, do I no, I don't care that the NFL drug tests these players. Just don't care. Don't care. 
So that's going to lead us into the game. So let's go. Oh, look who I got. I got Brian Tarvin online. Uh, so let me go over here and and wait. There's the eye. There is the Put good old the boy. Music, there he is. His damn music. There it is. How you doing? Brian Tarvin on a wonderful Sunday. And I was just getting to the game that we are probably going to talk about. The Atlanta Falcons yeah. taking on the Carolina Panthers here. How you doing, my friend? We both went Carolina last week, and we lost that game. Yeah, I did it with the heart, man. I bet with the I heart. But I'm going to tell you, the game that killed me, see, I had Carolina plus six and a half against the Saints. Won that one. I would have won $1,350 had the Rams beaten the uh, Eagles. You talk about a, a blow last week. I hit my, I hit my uh, 16 point lay. I had it nailed except for that one game. Oh, damn, a six-game so, parlay. That, that, uh, oh, it's hard enough to get the three-game parlay. Heck, even two-game parlay is kind of hard sometimes. I know, but I just felt froggy. So It's been a while since I've hit one, so. <laughs> Almost, I hate. I would rather go zero and six, Sonny, than to go five and one on one of those things because I get it. I understand. Our two, <laughs> oh and three instead hey, man, of two, I, two I and three. And give you an apology um, on our discussion so we what? had about Cam Newton and on Cam Newton and everything. You know, I'm a fan oh. of Cam Newton. I always have, but I think you're right on on the fact that. That he's average now, but I'm telling you, a few years ago, even from his first year until he made the Super Bowl, he wasn't an average quarterback. But ever since that Super Bowl, what Denver did to him, I, I think you're right, Sonny. I think he's average regardless of injury or not. He's he's got great weapons around him. He's got a good team, a good defense, and he still can't win. And that's that's something I think maybe having kids, maybe getting rich too quick. He just doesn't look as hungry. So I think you're right yes. on that, so I'll apologize. Well, first of all, you never have to apologize. We're talking sports opinions, and, and at the end of the day, it don't matter about sports opinions. So that, that's first of all. Um, and, and second of all, uh, as far as – I think I, uh, on the end of what I wrote, I am a firm believer in the NFL needs to start protecting this kid. I'm going to tell you right now, this kid's going to be a messed up a guy, um, and he's going to have to retire before his time. They do not protect this guy. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's race. I don't know what it is. Or maybe if they just don't want this type of quarterback to play in their league, the running quarterback that he is. I don't no, know what the excuse is. But they do not flag anybody for hitting this guy. And not only that, uh, uh, Tarvin, these hits that are happening, they're happening way after the play. Not I mean, the questionable plays, I'll let go. But these these hits are happening way after a play, and they would not be accepted if they were hitting Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, or anybody else like that in the NFL. But I think the fact that he is a running quarterback is the reason why they allow it. But the time that they give to hit this guy is way, 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 way too much. And I wonder – you know, just say he plays a couple more years and he gives it up. I wonder if he has any kind of thoughts of a lawsuit against the NFL and the officials because you don't have to be smart to realize there's a big difference the way they treat Cam Newton than most other quarterbacks out there. So he's got to – if his career's cut short and he can't earn money 
playing on the field, and I think the NFL is going to be paying them anyway because they, they, they've allowed this to happen. Tarvin, I talked about this show when, you know, because we don't get, like, a big listenership. I, I, I talked about the same darn thing two years ago. Two years ago, I was on air, and I was like, if Cam Newton is smart, when this is all said and done, the worst thing, throw a flyer out on it, and this guy's going to get $5 million or $6 million bucks, you know, in a closed, you know, you know in a closed uh, lawsuit. And it'll be done. Never make more than get another five or six million up on top of it. I get. I, I, I guarantee you that he is going to do it. And if he's not, he needs yeah. some new advisors. You might want to call him up and say, "Hey, Cam, you need to sue the yeah. NFL and the referees." Yeah, and I don't want to get you off your your games and everything, but I just wanted to throw that out there because, and I'm not saying he can't be good again, but I just don't see you don't you don't usually peak and then go down and come back up. So. We'll see how he does. Do I, I don't know how need? much he wants to play. Uh, what do you think? Honestly, they, what do you think Carolina needs? I know what they need. So, so you know, you watch them more than I do. Receiver. They need a, a, a receiver that can go across the middle, really, and take the pressure when a blitz is coming. Sometimes they just don't have a big playmaker besides McCaffrey at running back. I love that kid, but the offensive Absolutely. line, as we noticed, the last few years has been. They've been so decimated with injuries that every game he's playing with a different offensive line. And it, this year, not as much. That's he's the played. spot. Yeah. That's the that's, spot that's right there, problem, They need an offensive line. They need an offensive line to protect this type of quarterback. This is not your normal quarterback in the NFL where you protect them in a traditional way. You need to find the right type of offensive lineman to protect the type of quarterback that you have. And listen, as much as they may want to force him to be that pocket quarterback, he's not. And they need to they need to draft accordingly. You need to find those athletic offensive linemen that can protect them on the move, and they have not been able to do that. Now, I say number two, they do need a number one. If you want to count Steve Smith, I'm sorry, I think he's completely and utterly overrated. I never thought he was worth a nickel whatsoever, except when he was with Cam. I'll give him that, but, you know, obviously he hasn't done jack since he left Cam. They need that, like you said, that number one guy that can read what Cam Newton's going to do. Because listen, when you don't have chemistry between your wide receivers and your quarterback, you know you can't be successful. All you got to do is look at Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford right there. There wasn't enough chemistry, although he threw it there, um, but there wasn't enough chemistry to keep him coming yeah. back because he said sayonara. Well, here's another thing, Sandy, and nobody really talks about it, but when you don't practice at all and you've got a lot of young receivers trying to get some chemistry with them and you're not throwing the ball to them, uh, that's hard on game day just to come up and act like you've been in sync all this time. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Ron Rivera, you know, I've been shouting for him to get fired forever. I don't think he's the problem. I think I just do that to give Cuervo hell sometimes, you know, because yeah. he's a bear, but – um, well, they, I think they just Carolina said they're going to keep him another to, year. Yeah, they need to. I mean, he, he knows how to handle Cam. And uh, I was listening to Colin Cowher one day, and some of his sources said yelling with Cam Newton is, is a full-time job in itself, as big of a diva as he is. I imagine so, that. Um, anyway, the guy got too rich too quick. And one, one other, one last thing. When you have kids, sometimes it does that to you and it kind of makes you – not take as many chances as you rethink things. And when he had two kids, all of a sudden, it just seems like he's not taking the risk he used to. 
and if, especially when your arms hurt, you can't throw it. If you can't throw it past ten yards in the NFL, they're they're going to eat you alive, and that's what's been happening lately. So unless you have a Julian Edelman, unless you have those type of guys that can make something out of that pass, you're right. Definitely. Definitely. All right, but I've got to so, run, Sonny, but I just wanted to say that to you. Oh, never apologize for a football opinion to me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope your show does good. I'll listen to the podcast later today. You got it. Have a good one. He is Brian Sarvin. He is the good old boy, the host of Way in Sports Talk. Make sure you get on over there. I wish I could get over there more than I can. I, I, I'm not able to get over there quite a bit. But if you can, get on over to Way in Sports Talk. Now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. Let's get into some of these games because there's some tough ones out there. And, and I'll bring them on. In the Atlanta-Carolina game, it's not necessarily tough, more so than just what we're talking about. No Cam Newton. So when you don't have Cam Newton and you're the uh, the Carolina Panthers, you really don't have uh, what you need. I'm on Atlanta in this one, and without Cam Newton, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are a better football team without question. It's not even it's not even up for a debate. And if you are going to debate this, I don't even know who they're going to throw at the quarterback position. Let me I, I'll see if I can find out, but. Without Cam Newton, the Carolina Panthers are not the Carolina Panthers. They're a they're a Division Two football team. I'm sorry, yeah, I said it. Division Two. Um, so he's going to be out there. Taylor Hinky. Okay, that's just just enough. You know, you know. I, 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 Taylor Hinky. Um, so that having been said, you know, yeah. I never heard this guy. When you when you've never heard of the guy, I, I think I've heard of him, but I don't know what he's all about. No one really, frankly, cares. So that's the reason why the Atlanta Falcons don't have a chance, or the Carolina Panthers don't have a chance here today. So uh, you look at it. Um, okay, they're home. Okay, so I guess you got to give them the home, but it, they're going to get wiped out. That you know, it's just the way that happens. That being said, heading on over to the next game, Green Bay Packers, the Jets, regardless of what happens, the Green Bay Packers are a better football team besides the Jets. I don't have to talk about this one a lot because it really matters absolutely nothing uh, as far as that is concerned. They're both teams that are completely in a tailspin right now with Green Bay being 5-8-1, uh, lost last week, and the Jets. Uh, they're 4-10. They lost last week. Someone's got to win. Uh, and, and, and more in the fa- fact I go to this one here is who cares. Uh, so, you know, you, 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 you roll that one over and find out who really gives a rip whether or not they're going to win that game or not. So uh, that, that, that one's up on as far as it. No, but I will tell you this. That game, um, we'll find out what kind of heart this football team has. And I'm talking about Carolina. Now, if Carolina wins this game, it would shock me. But I'll tell you what type of football team that you have going into the next season. And I think that's also another reason why they're sitting uh, Cam Newton. They want to know what they're going to get from these players with a different quarterback. Will they be up online? Will they play? Will they play for their jobs? Big question always has to be answered. Next game up on tap is the Houston Texans. They are 10 and 4. They won last week. Philadelphia, they are 7 and 7. They won last week. I'm on Philadelphia. 
And not be, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, I know that the Houston Texans are a better football team and they're going to probably win. But i got to make my prediction for the Dallas Cowboys to take the nosedive the way they're going to do it. So I'm on Philly in this game because I'm writing my story. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Rereading my story of the Dallas Cowboys' December woes that happen each and every year. Uh, so when you look at this game, you know, I know in my right mind I'm picking Houston, you know, they come back after the loss and uh, go out there. Philadelphia did what they did. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles are lucky they have the Super Bowl MVP. They're lucky they got a guy that has the the talent enough to do what they do. Listen, Nick Foles came out and beat the Rams. I, I don't even care how it happened. They won 30 to 23. Don't care how it happened. That game was on the road. And if you don't think they can, if you think that the Houston Texans can beat the Rams, then maybe I see. But if you think the Rams can beat the Houston Texans, you've got to pick Philadelphia this week. Not only that, they end with Washington at the end. They're going to wipe them off the. They're going to wipe the floor with them. And the Dallas Cowboys are in no place whatsoever to lose these games for the rest of the, this year. Tampa Bay, they better not lose this game because they end with the Giants and the Eagles went in with Washington. So it will be very, very interesting to see what happens. So let's talk about it just really quick. If the Dallas Cowboys lose, they'll go to 8-7. and seven. If the Philadelphia Eagles go, they are uh, will be 8-7 and seven as well. And then we're talking about tiebreakers, but you go to week 16. And if the Dallas Cowboys lose against the Giants, I'm just I'm going to die laughing. I, I, I'm going to say you, you may never hear more from me ever again if the Dallas Cowboys lose this week and they lose next week to the Giants and Philadelphia manages to, to, to win the final two games. I, I I will die laughing. I, I, I will just I you may never hear the show ever again. I will die laughing. So if I'm not on air after this season, you'll know Sonny Clark died laughing. Because this is what Dallas Cowboys football is. And it's I, hey listen, I picked them to win the division. So parts of me wants them to win so I can be right on my prediction, but you know, can, you can't trust the Dallas Cowboys to do anything right. And let's just say they win today and the Philadelphia Eagles win today. Okay, Dallas, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, can they'll clinch the NFC West with a victory. So that's on the line for the Dallas Cowboys. And also, if you can't do that at home and you're the Dallas Cowboys, you might as well just not even show up. But this is their second chance to clinch the division. It means they only need one more victory to clinch the division. But they, yeah, I don't know. But the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I probably would have picked them because Nick Foles gives them a different look. They give them, they, they give them Super Bowl uh, credibility immediately with Nick Foles. You don't get that with Carson. I love him. But you don't get that with Carson, and that's the difference. And it couldn't have played out any better right now in reality when you talk about Nick Foles. 
Because when you talk Nick Foles, you talk you talk to a guy that went in there. Not only that, he got paid for being that good in the Super Bowl, and he deserved it. That right there is right there. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like it. I, I like the uh, the NFL. Because that right there completely and utterly put them in a position. Now, the first two games was Atlanta. They got the victory against Atlanta, lost against Tampa Bay. Those were the two games that Nick Foles played. Okay? They lost 21-27. to There were some bad calls in that game. You know, Nick Foles should have been 2-0 and before Carson came back in the Indianapolis game and got the victory. But Carson came back and lost two games right after that victory, and they were subpar through the whole time. And then what happens? You bring in Nick Foles, they get the victory. So should be it should be very, very interesting where they go from there. But I'm on Philadelphia mainly because I want to write my story. <laughs> so, uh, so watch for Nick Foles, see what he's able to do with the team, and see if he can get the job done. I don't know if he's going to be able to get it done, but we can find that out. So the next game that's up on board is a very interesting game as well. And really, you know, Miami still holding on to a playoff spot there. Seven to seven, they, take. they took a bad loss last week. The Miami Dolphins, I'm going to tell you right now, I picked Miami to win last week, or did I not? Let me find out. Miami, Miami. No, I picked Minnesota. That was a bad loss for them last week. Even though it was the Minnesota Vikings, they should have been able to win that game. They didn't. Now you get the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, they're not in your division, but this is an AFC game that they need so they can still survive in the standings. And really, when you talk about Miami, and we talk about it every single year, is can they survive enough to make it to the playoffs? That's it. So Miami's seven and seven. New England's going to win that. I went out the division. If you expect them, if you expect Miami to win the rest of the games in New England. Oh, hold on, I th- actually, I think they, they play each other in the last week. I think next week. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, New England has uh, the Patriots. Let me find out. It, it just takes a quick second and the wonderfulness of – no, they have the Jets. So um, New England has the Jets next week. And Miami, Miami, they have, they have this game this week, and then next week they have Buffalo. Very easy, winnable games that can put them at 9-7. and seven. Which in turn, when you look at what's going on as far as the standings are concerned, nine and seven, I don't know how good that's going to be for you because you got Tennessee right now or nine have nine wins. You also have Baltimore. If one of those two win, they're going to be out of it because over in the West, in the FC West, the um, Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs are dead. So there's one spot red. So. Miami has to get these victories to be, say, in contention. I don't know if they're going to get it, but I am going Miami today uh, mainly because I think just they're the better football team. 
and they are at home, so that, that's a good thing for them. I wanted to go Jacksonville, but the fact of the matter is I think Miami has something to play for. They'll go ahead and do it in Jacksonville. You know, even though they supposedly have a great defense, they're not playing good defensive football regardless. So that makes it difficult to pick that football team. So I am on Miami big time in this one. That has been said for us. That's the name of the show. We have on this next game. And this one here, you know, will the Lions roll over? Lions are 5-9, and nine, not on the season, okay? The football team had lost last week. Minnesota won last week against Miami. Can we talk about 7-6, and six, still alive in the playoff run. So when you look at it, you know, the Lions retooled their whole team with a new quarterback or, or Mark, a new head coach and everything. Their philosophy has been completely retooled the team. Hasn't happened for them yet. Will it happen next year? I don't know. But Matt Patricia is playing for this year. He's feeling a little sizzle on his ass. You know, it's, he's a burger on the skillet right now. And so he's feeling a little burn coming from his way. But it is his first year. He'll get another year. Uh, the question will be is how will – the Lions fair next season in order to keep his job. But I think Patricia has three years. It has to be an improvement, though. They're going to have to win at least eight games next year to save his job. That hasn't been said when you look on the other side, Minnesota is what they got to play for is they got plenty to play for. And sometimes when you get to week 17, there's not a lot to play for, but they are right there with it. Philadelphia, Dallas, Washington. Philadelphia and Washington, seven victories, same as Minnesota, but Minnesota's got tie. So it pops them in front of the other ones instead of the loss. Seattle with eight wins. So Minnesota has got to continue winning, even though they got it. They, they, this NFC will end up being very, very interesting as someone in the East has to win in the NFC, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia. Uh, for comedy's sake, I hope it's Philadelphia, but it should be Dallas. That's who I picked to win the division, even though I beat them up all year. I beat them up when they deserved it. The Chicago Bears, they clinched their division. The New Orleans Saints, They've clinched their division. One more victory takes them to the end of the uh, season. So that's a big game for them today. They clinch home field advantage through that. So right now, Seattle is primed to move in there. So Minnesota better get a victory here today. And I think that, you know, when you look at this game, they will because, unfortunately, the Detroit Lions are not a good football team. And when you're not a good football team, you lose games that you shouldn't. And you lose game, uh, uh, you know, to come back and shock people, you don't do that in week 15 and 16 when you're the Lions in the type of game that you play. Which takes me to the next game that's up on tap. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be foolish and pick. The San Francisco 49ers, they take on the Chicago Bears. Chicago, winners of their last two, clinched the division last week. San Francisco, also winner of their last two. You know, so they're doing pretty well. That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. You know, you know Chicago, this is a game they can't have that letdown game just because they won the division. And that's sometimes what you get with a young quarterback. And it's not because he wants to let down. It's because the other people don't play with the same type of passion that a quarterback that they got with Mitchell Trubisky has. 
These guys are veterans. They know what it takes. Mitch wants to win every game regardless of what it is. The, the, the veterans, they took the sigh of relief that they made the playoffs and they'll do what they'll do. It's a wild card game. They're going to play the first one at home. They don't care. After that, they were going to be on the road anyway. So it really doesn't mean anything. So when I was picking, thinking about this game, I was like, well, wait a second. San Francisco still got guys that are pretty damn good. Where will their mentality be going into this game? And I thought the same thing about the, the Chicago Bears. But here's the thing. When Mitchell Trubinsky does and, you know, starts, that's going to be a good thing for him. The fact of the matter is, if I was the Dallas Cowboys, I'd put him in for the first half of the game, let the second half go to the other guy who does very well for him so he can get some damn experience going into the playoffs. Will they do it? I don't know. That would be smart. And let's let's be honest, the Chicago Bears don't know what smart is. Um, you know, they're getting smarter, but they're not smart. I would. I'd put Mitchell Trubinsky in for the first half of the game, Throw that back up uh, Cole in there and let him do what he can do. San Francisco is going to come high and tight, hard in this game. They don't have anything to lose. They have two games. They have guys trying to save their job. They have guys got to get filmed for next year. And this is a game where if they show up and they play, I'm half tempted to take. No, I'm not half tempted. I am. I'm going. I'm going San Francisco. I'm going San Francisco in this game. And it's not because San Francisco should beat the Bears, okay? It's the mentality of that football team going into San Francisco. And sometimes when the job is on the line, you don't necessarily know what's going on. But I will tell you right now, when you look at Trubinsky and what they do, if they get the road victory here today, that is really good for him because I think 49ers are going to kind of come at him hard, hard time. And listen, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Okay. Before Wednesday. And this, and this, this is, I, I've just been so busy, but if it wasn't before Wednesday, I wouldn't even know who the quarterback of this football team was until I read, I just happened to read an article on Wednesday. C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins, and it's Nick Mullins usually. Wouldn't even know who they were. But those are the games that this game is very, very close. I am sweating. Listen, my brain tells me Bears, but, man, I don't know. It depends if the Bears are going to be there completely and mentally into this game, and I don't know if they can or will be there. So I'm up on I'm up on the 49ers at home. Should be an interesting game anyway. And that leads us to the final two games of the week. Uh, mark that. Yes, because we already talked about New Orleans. So we got two more games to talk about for the rest of the show. And these are the two heavy ones, I think. Great picks for Sunday night football and, and, and Monday night football. One has a big-time implement, and other, Denver, you know, fighting for their playoff lives right now. They're 6-8. and eight, They lost two. If they can go 8-8, eight and eight, now nah, they're done. So let me take away from that. There's, you know, very little chance. Yeah, they're not going to the playoffs. So 
what do you get here on Monday Night Football? You, you get a bad game in week 17. Why they just did not use a flex schedule on this one, I don't know. But here's what here's what I'm going to say. This is an important game for Denver. And when you look at the standings on what is going on as far as the whole AFC and NFC, you you got to find out who's worse right now. And when you look at the Oakland Raiders, they're pretty damn bad with only three victories out on the season. The close the other one is Arizona. See, but I don't think it matters if they get the number one pick. They just want the number one and number two, and they'll wrap that up. You know, I I don't see Oakland winning the game on Monday Night Football at all. I'm going Denver, uh, really, because if Denver wins, the positioning at that area is really irrelevant. If they want to move up, they'll trade up. Raiders want to be high, so they can probably trade up again. Let us team go grab it. That's the big question, though. Where are they going to be? How much more are they going to put out is going to be the biggest question in these games. I, I, just, don't, I just don't see from Oakland. I, they, they pretty much wrapped up their season. Uh, they, they're going to lose out. Whether or not Arizona will win is going to be another question. Arizona Cardinals are a bad football team. And I don't know where they were in the season when they decided just to go ahead and go Crapsville, but they did. And the Arizona Cardinals are playing for the number one pick in the NFL draft. And the thing is, they didn't have to be that way. And frankly, the Arizona Cardinals need to fire their coach. Yeah, I said it. Because they're going to lose today. They're going to lose next week against Seattle. Which is great for Seattle as they're battling for, you know, a playoff spot, and that takes me to the Kansas City Seattle game. Both these games are important for both of these teams, and the loss for the Chargers yesterday made this game more valuable for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have to get this victory so they can close it out and be done with them. So Kansas City is going to go into Seattle, Seattle, who are battling for a playoff spot. Listen. I'm going to tell you right now, the team that's playing probably one of the, the third best in the, in the NFC is the Seattle Seahawks, third best. And I don't think Kansas City can go in there right now. I just don't. I don't, I don't see where they have it to go in there to win that game. Kansas City's a good f- football team. But could you imagine them taking the loss today? You know, I, I talk about the Dallas Cowboy fans going out committing a mass suicide. It, it may happen in, in Kansas City if they go to 11-4 and four today. In Kansas City, you know, they, they've got the, the playoffs wrapped up and everything else, and they're in a good position in reality. That you know, you look at this game and you go, Kansas City over Seattle, that should be a victory. But I'm gonna tell you right now, in crunch time, I don't care about Mitchell Tabinsky. I don't or not Mitchell Tabinsky, they uh I don't care about Patrick Mahomes. I don't care how well he's played. I don't care what he's done up to this point. 
but underneath pressure, pressure times. I want to tell you right now, you've you got to give me Seattle because i got news for you. I am not picking the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. First of all, they're on the road. That's number one. Second, Seattle Seahawks get this victory. They end up with Oakland next week. They're going to bury them. This is a big-time game for Seattle and positioning for the playoffs. Right now, they get this victory this week. Seattle will go 9-6, nine, nine and six, and they pretty much clinch up a spot in the playoffs. And where at the time you get hot, just ask the New York Giants about when you get hot. You get hot to the end of the season, and that's exactly what's happened when you look at the Seattle Seahawks. They're a good football team, guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I, I'm finally, I can finally say now that I can be a Seattle Seahawks fan because they got all the arrogant pain in the asses off of their football team, and they can be a football team now instead of a group of a certain guy. Russell Wilson, class act that he is, turning around this season. Hey, don't we don't need the. We don't need the defense. We don't need the uh, lip smackers. We don't need the trash talkers. We don't need that on this football team, and we can still make the playoffs. And by God, look at Russell Wilson, what he's done. Now, this guy hasn't thrown for 10,000 yards. He don't need to. All that matters is about the check mark up underneath the W side. And that's what he has done this year. And he's first of all, he's done it with class. Second of all, beating good football teams as well to get to that point. And that's what it needs to happen when you're rolling into the playoffs and you got to be hot. And right now he's hot. There's no question about that. And I'm going to tell you straight out, if you sleep on the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, they'll come back and they'll snap you right in your ass and you won't be able to get the victory. Because Russell Wilson is a top ten quarterback. Notice how I didn't say top five. This guy's around eight maybe nine, if I go and look at it. But he's definitely top ten. He's definitely a class. He's definitely got his team playing well, considered that they the, the Legion of Boom co- completely exploded and no one is there anymore. All they do is just march into the playoffs and watch them win that first round. I want to tell you right now, Seattle Seahawks, if you don't watch out, and I don't care how I, – I, I don't th- – right now, when I'm looking at the standings, no, I don't necessarily think they can beat the New Orleans Saints. I think they can beat the Rams because they've done it. I think they can beat Chicago. I think – I know they can beat Dallas, Washington, or Philadelphia. So the only team I don't think they can beat right now – is the New Orleans Saints. So the way I look at it in my power ranking, which leads me to this one as I'm, I am on Seattle today, the way I look at it, my power rankings in the NFC is real simple. It is New Orleans number one, Seattle number two. Then the Rams. 
And then the rest of them just fall off and taper off because none of those teams are making it. And as much as I'm a Chicago, hey, I'll root for the Bears to make it all the way to the NFC Championship and win the, uh, to get into the Super Bowl. I'll root for it, but my mind's telling me New Orleans, Seattle, Los Angeles. Experience matters. That's the reason why Seattle is better right now. Seattle's at home. Now, listen, Seattle does not impress very much at home. They're foreign too. At least this year. But in an important game in division games and things like that, it's always good. And when you're looking at Seattle, is this is an outside conference game. This is not like it's, you know, something that's going on, but Seattle's four and one in their last five. And Kansas City has been struggling a little bit. And I think they're struggling mainly because of the simple situation of their quarterback. It's not because he's not good. It's just because he's not experienced. Give me Russell Wilson over Patrick Mahomes all day long. I'm all over Seattle in this one. And, and, and moving into it, it's going to be huge. That's my power ranking in the, in, in the NFC. When I go to the AFC, it to- totally turns around. And that loss against the Ravens yesterday by the Ch- Chargers, before that game happened, I had Chargers number one, Kansas City number two. I'm going to keep it that way. For this as well, because when you look at Kansas City, they're taking on Seattle. I don't think they win today. And I think it's a bigger loss for Kansas City compared to the game that happened. Because you talk about teams getting hot. On on the AFC side, you've got the Baltimore Ravens getting hot. Here's the best thing that can happen to the Baltimore Ravens. You've got a rookie quarterback that there's not a lot of film on. And guess what? You've got an opportunity now. Come next year. Listen, Jackson is not a good quarterback. He's not going to be good. He's going to go through that sophomore slump, just like you expect most second-year quarterbacks do. But for this year, they got an opportunity. Right now, you know, the New England Patriots, I'm going to put them in the FC Championship game each and every year until they don't. And then I might think about the year after that. But the New England Patriots are going to be in the AFC Championship game because that's just who they are. So that having been said, when you look at Kansas City and everything, you know, I like the fact that Kansas City is there. I like the fact that the Chargers are there. Right now, my power rankings, uh, if I'm ranking the AFC, I have the Chargers number one, Patriots number two, Kansas City number three. Yeah, I said it just mainly because of the fact that experience takes you a long way. So what does that do to you? That gives you Tom Brady experience. Number two, Philip Rivers may not have Super Bowl championship, but that guy's experienced. And then I go Houston. Because I don't know if I believe in Houston. Because I didn't pick him to win today. 
Houston's playing Philly, and, and I think Philly actually will win that game handily at home. So that's the reason why I keep Houston behind them. So it's the Patriots, Chargers, Kansas City, and Houston. Then Baltimore and Pittsburgh. That that's my that, those are my power rankings within those divisions. Everybody, well, what about overall? It doesn't matter. Overall means jack. You, you keep your power rankings within the conference because that's what plays for the Super Bowl. Me saying that the New Orleans Saints are better than the, the Chargers, you know, it, who gives a rip? They're they're not going to play them until the Super Bowl. So power rank the conference is not the NFL as a whole. I have never understood that. Because who cares? It is what it is. But you know the NFL, it, you know the way that they work is way they work. We are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. And as usual, Sunny, I, you know, I looked at these games and I asked, how am I going to pick these games? And it just all comes to me as soon as I start looking at them. Because, no, I do not study this stuff. I get up on Sunday morning, I look at the thing, and I think about what has happened. That's when I do it. I don't go through all of it. But today's games, I love week uh, 16 and 17 of the NFL. Love it. And the reason why I love it is simple. The conference games in week 17 are great. In week 16 and 17, you also have conference games for two weeks sometimes, depending on the team. You got to love it. So, Doug Marone hanging on. I think that's the right move. This is not a team. Yeah, the defense. Listen. Their defense knew who their quarterback was, okay? Jacksonville, Jacksonville's not a horrible football team, but you want to talk about not even having a chance. This is a football team that went into the season with freaking uh, – the, the Jaguars are the most frustrating team to be a fan of like I am because all I got to do is say Blake Bortles. And with all due respect for my man Tom McManus, who will be my only guest, Unless you, unless they call in, but my only scheduled guest on our ten-year anniversary, with all due respect to him, listen, I think teams play differently for different guys. I do, and all you got to do is, he, I, I, and I've I talked about it for the last three weeks. Look at Dak Prescott. When that guy came in, they they went twelve and two. That offensive line couldn't protect. That offensive line could not protect me could not protect Tony Romo, which is the godsend, breaking all the records and everything else, but would not play for this guy. I'm sorry, they wouldn't. That's the reason why that guy got nailed in that preseason game, and bingo, bongo, bongo, you have Dak Prescott in there doing what he does. And be thankful you got him. Dallas Cowboy fans, you are so pathetic. Sometimes it makes me sad. You got a top, you got a top 
15 quarterback in his third year, giving you more victories than Tony Romo ever did, and you guys are bashing the guy. Yeah, they lost against Indianapolis, but I'm going to tell you the reason why the Dallas Cowboys don't collapse. It's not because of their quarterback. It's their offensive line and a team that cannot get over. Now, granted, it would be wonderful if Dak Prescott could lead them to the promised land, but when you're young as Dak Prescott, you depend on other people, and this comes down to coaching. So this is really simple. Offensive line is the first problem for your Dallas Cowboys. The second is coaching. Third is wide receivers, but you kind of covered that when you got Amari Cooper. And then, and, then, and then the secondary is a problem. Dak Prescott is number five on your list of things that you've got to fix as a football team. And not only that, think about the NFC in itself. To make the playoffs, you win 10 games you're in. And then Dallas Cowboys can't do that. Not because of Dak. It's because of the secondaries, because they, well, their coaching is horrible. Their offensive line needs a lot of help. You have Zeke, and by the way, guys, Zeke is banged up. I don't even know why this is not the, all reports that I've been getting that have not been on paper is this guy is beat up. Does this guy have enough? I, you know, I, I see Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. I see this guy, okay? like what he's able to do. But after next year, I don't see him as a Dallas Cowboy. You mark this day down somehow, but Zeke will not be a Dallas Cowboy in 2021. Or mark that, 2020. He'll, he'll play the 2019-20 season. But after that, his rookie contract's up, and guess what they did with the last rookie contract at the running back they did? They let him go. And not only that, if a guy gets hurt, they'll let him go in a heartbeat. Running backs are a dime a dozen because they don't use them like they used to seven years ago. So they can plug anybody in there with minimal talent, and you can get that in the draft. Ezekiel Elliott will not be on this team after next season unless he completely blows up and has a huge season. If it's mediocre, they'll let him go in a heartbeat. Real interesting talk here. But that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to bow out of here a little half hour early as we lost Cuervo, but that's okay. I kept it going. We did two and a half hours. If I would have known that, I would have been more prepared. But that having been said, that's going to do it for us today on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Catch us each and every Sunday. By the way, in two weeks, maybe three, it just depends on when the schedules and the playoffs are going, we shift to our 12 o'clock time slot on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We go 12 to 3 on Sunday. So be ready for that because that's going to happen here real soon. So look out for the schedule change in about two or three weeks. So it will depend upon the schedule and the playoffs. If they go to afternoon games and they start kicking off at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're definitely going 12 to 2. 
But if they start a little earlier, they will. They're, you know, we're also at Saturday games, so um, we may have to jump online uh, before the games to talk about those games. So we'll keep you apprised of what's going on with the schedule next Friday. Uh, mark that, uh, January 2nd, next time we're on air for the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team. That happens um, at Wiley High School, so look out for that as well. So lots of things going on on the Couch Potato Sports Show and the things that we cover on this show. So good stuff. Everybody have a great Sunday. Enjoy your week. Enjoy Christmas. That's Tuesday. Have a day off. Have a drink on me. Sit back and relax and watch some NBA games. We may even talk a little bit about the NBA, as I've actually been kind of peeking at what's going on in the NBA. We're out of here, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.